This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. Man, like I said earlier, today's Baptism Sunday. Uh, and as a lot, of, a lot of you already know, and we've talked about over the last few weeks, baptism for the Christian or for the believer is a public declaration or a public statement that's made of a personal, a heart decision, of an inside decision, an outward expression of an inward decision. It's a physical demonstration of a personal decision. Baptism is like a wedding ring. I talk about this a lot. Baptism is symbolic of this new way of life. It's symbolic of turning away from your old life. Abandoning the old, doing away with the old, and embracing that which is new. It has been said that baptism is to the Christian faith what the wedding ring is to a marriage. It's a symbol. Like the wedding ring, baptism draws a mark on the ground between the past and between the future. Like the wedding ring, it says, from this day forward, I choose to stand with God. I choose to give my life to God. I choose to prioritize and place God over everything else in my life. Although we may be in this world, we are not off this world. The world may have influences around us, but the moment we say, as Christians, we want to take our next step in our walk with Christ, we are making a public declaration and telling people, hey, I am separated. I am new. I am set apart. And today I want to answer the question, why baptism? And in one statement, I want to break it up into three parts. Is that okay? Simply put, it's this. Baptism, it's because Jesus said it. I ashamedly do it, unashamedly do it, and to become one with Jesus. Come on, not ashamedly. Unashamedly. Come on, somebody. Unashamedly. That's the word. Three points. I want to break it up. All right. First point is because Jesus said it. Why baptism? Because Jesus said it. It's very simple, y'all. I'm titling my message today, Raised to Life. If you want to follow the notes, go ahead and follow the notes on, our, on the Bible app. Uh, it's going to give you all the notes. You're going to be able to follow it over there. Write your notes down on the app. It's going to be a good study. Now, here's what I want this study to do. I want this study to, be a, to, to equip certain people that need to make this next step. And for others of y'all that came here and you're like, Pastor, I'm already baptized. I don't know why I need this message. I, I really hope that you had something else to preach about. Pastor, I brought somebody and I was, I was hoping that you would share one of those funny messages that you share on a Sunday morning. I don't know if you're going to hear many jokes from me today. I, I, I don't know. This is, this is going to be probably serious. But I want you to know that this is probably to equip some of y'all that have already been baptized to take this message to people that need to hear the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So take, take notes regardless. Why do I get baptized? Because Jesus said it's a commandment of God. I follow. Jesus says, I love you. If you keep my precepts, if you keep my commands, that's the beauty of the word. Jesus says that I will love you. You will love me if you keep my commands. The love for Jesus is reciprocated. It's shown when you keep his commands. And one of the commands that Jesus gives us is in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. 
I went to Mark today because we always talk about Matthew 28. is where we get the name of our church from. The Great Commission, Commission Church, comes from the Great Commission in Matthew 28. But there's this, there's this contrasting passage in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. And the Bible says this, And he said to them, Go into all the world. Jesus says to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Someone say whole creation. That means everyone. Do not leave anyone. It means the Hindu. It means the Buddhist. It means the atheist. It means the agnostic. It means the unbeliever. It means the believer. It means the Christian, the non-Christian. We need the gospel. Can I tell somebody today, outside of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no hope for mankind. Absolutely no hope for mankind. We have a mandate, church, to take the gospel to everyone. That means men and women. It means rich and it means poor. It means brown and black and white and American and Pan-American and Asian and Haitian and Croatian and anything else that rhymes. Everybody deserves the good news of Jesus Christ. So it says everyone. Someone say everyone. Verse 16. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Remember, the duty that we have is to just share the gospel. The duty we have is to tell people about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Your responsibility is not to convert them. Our responsibility is not to convert the world, turn them up. None of that is our responsibility. Our responsibility is to sow the seed. My Jesus does the rest. The message is so potent. It doesn't need your convincing power. Whoever believes, baptize them. And this is why, as a church, we call it believer's baptism. Because it is important that whoever is getting baptized believes that they need this thing called baptism. See, baptism is the this, this central focus of the Great Commission. This in Mark, in the Gospel according to Mark, is what we refer to as the Great Commission. They were to make disciples which is the process of sharing the gospel. And then they were to baptize, which is the public declaration of their faith. So like I said earlier, and I'm going to repeat this again, baptism is an outward expression that we are a new creation. You know, we, we always talk about this. And uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, there's this beautiful passage. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Anybody been through a breakup before? Oh, nobody's going to lift up your hands right now. No, 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 no nobody. Everybody has been through one relationship and, and, and one relationship. If y'all know one thing, breakups hurt. <laughs> now you want to say yes. Nobody likes breakups. When people go through breakups, it's ugly. When people go through breakups or a divorce, it gets messy. Especially for people that are friends of those people. They're like, man, now what do we do? Do we unfollow them on Instagram or do we follow them on Instagram? There's a lot of unfriending and friending and there's a lot of following and unfollowing. Do I go to the same parties they're invited to? Uh, do, who's, whose side am I on? Whose side should I, should I be on? It's, it's such a bad thing. Breakups are so bad. 
And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But Paul is talking about this and saying, man, if anyone is in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is passed away, passed away, gone away. Ta-ta, bye-bye, sayonara, adios, it's gone away. The old you is gone away. Everybody has an old you. For some people today, you're making the decision to take the old you and put it away and step into a new you. There's a, there's, a, there's, there's a moment in your life that you get to where you look at the old you, the depressed you, the negative you, the down you, the, the visionless you, the broke you, the dirty you, the lusty you, the musty you, the crusty you. And you say it needs to go. It's old. It's getting old. If it's not old, somebody needs to wake up and be like, this is getting old. I can't be staying up like I used to before. Come on, you're 40 years old. It's Friday nights. Come on. Some of y'all need to make that decision and say, you know what? I cannot be doing this anymore. The people you hang out with, you have a family now. Come on, somebody. Some men, we need to let go of that PlayStation, man, that Xbox. You've been in front of that. Okay, let me not go there. All right. I'm going to lose all my guys right now. And Paul is saying it's gone. We decide that the old has no more place. And Paul is saying, we make a choice to bury that which is old. We have to bury the worst parts of ourselves. Like it or not, we all have worst parts of ourselves. Some of us have buried it inside of us. Some of us, it's tucked away into places that you are not proud of. You don't want anybody to see those parts of you. You're not proud of those parts and you don't want anybody to have access into those parts. But Paul is looking at you and me and saying, man, you have to be done with the old version of yourself. God is calling you into this big life, into this big, this, this big existence that he wants you to be a part of. And I want us to come to that place where you're like, man, I'm, I'm hungry for this new version of myself that God is saying that I will have. Because if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. What does that mean? What does it feel like for the old to go? Like, have, has anybody understood the revelation, the depth of that? That you don't have to deal with that old stuff. You don't have to deal with that crusty, musty, all that stuff needs to go. Some of us have hidden it, you've tucked it away, you sweep it under the carpet, you sweep it under the rug, and you're like, no one's ever going to find out. But guess what? You have to deal with it week after week. Week after week, and that rug is getting dusty. No one's seeing it, but the rug is dusty. Every time you step on it, and you're sneezing all over the place and you're wondering why you're sneezing. Oh, the allergies outside. No, 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 it's the, the rug. It's, you've been sweeping all the dust under it and now it's like really dusty. And it's going to reflect every single time you step on it because your life is going to be a reflection of that which you sweep under that nobody has access to. So Paul is saying, man, it has to... It has to the, the old has to go away. You have to make a choice to bury. Why bury? Because what is buried cannot be brought back. What is buried cannot be brought back. That's the beauty of burying something. That's the beauty of, of putting something under the ground and saying, I don't want to ever see this ever again. It's supposed to be in the ground. All the skeletons do not belong in the closet. The skeletons belong... And Paul is talking to somebody and say, quit hiding skeletons in your closet. Some, it just doesn't become skeletons over a day. 
Some of us have been putting corpses in our dead things in our closets. People that you've had to get rid of years ago, they're still in your closet. You get like whiffs of it here and there. They slide into your DMs from, from time to time. You, you're on Facebook one day. You might suggest it, friends. You might know some. I bind that in Jesus' name. Come on. Am I talking to somebody? Here's the thing. If you don't bury it, it has a potential. You're going <laughs> to... And so many of us are content with putting it in closets and just closing it. And you get the whiff of it and you're like, ignore it. In Jesus' name, let's ignore this smell. Put some of Febreze all over it. Come to church on a Sunday. Tithe a little more and you feel like that smell will go away. No, 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 it's not. I'm just being real this morning. Some skeletons, some corpses, some dead things that need to be in the ground are in your life, tucked away, buried away, just hoping that it would wither away. And God says, man, the old has got to... It's got to die. It's got to go. It's got to be buried. And today I want to encourage somebody if there's things that you need to bury. The good thing is this. My Jesus says, I'll take it off your hands. You don't have to pay for the ground. You don't have to pay for the funeral expenses. It's been paid for. Oh, come on, somebody. None of this is in my notes. This is revelation. Come on, somebody. Because why? Because God's calling on my life is big, y'all. I'm hungry for this new version of myself. Because in Galatians 2 and verse 20, the Bible says, what does this new life look like? It looks like this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Because he died. I can face tomorrow, Rebecca. Because he died. Because he gave me that real estate, that plot. I have the land. It's been buried. The, the, the mud, the dirt has been dug up already. I just got to make myself available and trust God to say, I got to take the old me and I got to bury me. I've been crucified with Christ. And breakups are bad, like I said. Sometimes you got to pick sides. If you don't deal with breakups the right way and if you don't completely bury those breakups and those people in your life that God is asking you to move over, those people are going to keep coming back. I know people that burn stuff. I know people that destroy stuff, throw stuff away, throw stuff in the ocean, whatever that looks like. But I want to remind somebody today that burial is not the same thing as a breaking up. Burying is more finalization. It's, it's more, hey, there's no coming back from this. No matter how much I want to bring this back up, the legal permission that I give myself to say this is done, this is over with, I cannot have access to this anymore. Being under the ground helps you get over every scar, every pain that was associated with, it's not a breakup. And I'm not asking people to break up with your past. I'm asking you and I'm encouraging you, bury your past. Because he said, you've been resurrected with Christ, you've been dead with Christ. And guess what? He took your sins to the grave. It was final. 
It wasn't something that was going to come back again. You were not going to be reminded of your past. Oof. Why, why do I get baptized? A, it's because Jesus said it. The second thing is because I, and I unashamedly do it. I love this story in Acts chapter 8. There's this learned Ethiopian eunuch that is sitting on this chariot. He's a rich guy. He works for one of the queens. He's, he's rich. He's, he's popular. He's sitting on the, on the chariot and on the road. And there's this disciple of Jesus, Philip, that's sitting on the, standing on the side. And this guy is actually reading from the book of Isaiah. And he has, his, he has these scrolls open and he's reading and he's like, man, I can't understand this. And if those of y'all who have read Isaiah, you've probably been in those same shoes. You're like, what does it even mean? And Philip chooses that moment. He seizes that opportunity. He jumps up in the chariot and says, man, would you give me the opportunity to share with you and tell you and, 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 and sh- to just open and unravel what this actually means? So he does. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 35, the Bible says, And Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from getting baptized? Come on, somebody. I'm not talking to somebody. He just got saved. He didn't say, Oh, man, I have to get my life in order. He didn't say, I got to go, I got to make amends, I got to get rid of this and this and this and this. He said, I got to, I, 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 just, I just asked Jesus to come to my heart. I just had a deep revelation. I had an encounter with God through this man called Philip who just opened my eyes into understanding what it is. And he says, man, here's water. Can I get baptized? Unashamedly. He comes to him and says, I, I don't care who I, but you're royalty. But you have, do you have a change of clothes even, dude? I don't care. Oh, come on, somebody. But you're, you're, you're going back to the palace. What would be, this is stinky, crazy water. What would people think if you got into this water? There are servants around you. There are people that serve you. You don't have a change of clothes. But he said, no, here is water. What's going to stop me? Nothing. What he was saying is nobody or nothing is going to stop me from obeying what God is asking me to do in this moment. I unashamedly do it because I'm going to seize this opportunity. I'm going to go on. And the third point is this. So I become one with Jesus. Why baptism? Why do I get baptized? Because Jesus said it. I unashamedly do it. So I become one with Jesus. In Romans chapter 6, there's this lengthy passage where the Bible says, What shall we say then? Are we, conti- are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who are dead, died to sin, still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his... uh, In a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in the order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. There's no free lunch, y'all. Like it or not, there's no free lunch. Our freedom cost Jesus something. 
It was always the desire of God that you and I be free. The weight of sin that you're carrying around, you are not meant to live in that sin. You're not meant to live in that bondage. You're not meant to live under that burden. God says, I'll take it away from you. In verse 6, Paul uses this metaphor of death. In the olden times, a prisoner would have to literally take a dead corpse on his back. Like literally to, to make the person filled with shame and to ridicule the person and to, and to bring light to the person, to the whole community and show them what the, the person had done. They would actually ask, ask him to get a dead corpse to carry it on his back. Oftentimes a slave who did not have family, who didn't have people to, to claim him. And this prisoner would walk around the whole yard. They would walk around the city. His face will be painted black, walked around the whole city with his corpse on his back. And Jesus says, you don't have to walk around with that guilt. You don't have to walk around with that shame. Because what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, I want to remind somebody today. Ooh, he paid the price. There is no free lunch, y'all. But it is free today through grace. Where Jesus looked at you and said, man, you don't have to do anything. You just have to be willing. The grave is dug. It is ready. You just have to make the decision and say, I got to bury this which needs to be buried. And I want us to understand this. Baptism is this illustration of this spiritual event. When in a few moments as these guys come up and as they sit in the water... Going into that water is, a, is an actual representation of what happened to Jesus when, when, when he was buried, when he died and when he was buried. They go under the water. The word baptism in the original language is this word baptizo, which means to immerse. It means to submerge. And as they go down, it's going to be symbolic of what happened in the tomb. It's going to be symbolic of what's going to happen underground. It's going to be symbolic of what we decide today. Some of us need to make the decision of saying, I'm going to take all those corpses today. Every one of them. Every stinking one of them. And the, the grave is ready. The, the dirt has been dug. The price has been paid. I don't have to worry about it anymore. All I got to do is when I ask you, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross? Raised up three days later and died for your sins. And he's making a place for you. In All you got to say is yes. Amen. Nothing more, church. Nothing less, nothing more. Isn't it amazing that I don't have to carry a corpse on my shoulder? I don't carry a dead, no, 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 no more. I don't have to put it in my, in, my, in my closet anymore. Every one of them, when I get into that water, all I'm thinking about was a Jesus that took every burden, every pain, every sin. We are all sinners. But I have good news for you. He died on the cross so that you don't have to. He died so that you would never have to go into the market square, put a corpse on your back and walk around with black paint on your face because he says you are free of guilt. You are free of shame. I have taken it all away and I am ready to put it under the grave. All you got to say is yes. As people go into the water today, I'm not going to hold them in for too long. Sometimes I want to mess with them and say, three days, three days. <laughs> but the hope of the gospel is that three days later, yes. Whew, yes, 
that stone rolled away. It's going to happen in an instant today. That's beautiful to me that all the sins of my past, my fathers and my forefathers, at an instant, oh, shocks. If that's grace, I don't know what is at an instant, in a moment, could be wiped clean because you said yes. And as I come out of that water, it signifies the resurrection of Jesus coming back into new life. No, you're still going to have the scars on your hand. That pain from yesterday is going to be there. Don't let anybody lie to you and tell you as soon as you come out of the water, you're going to have an awesome life. You're going to have money. You're going to have wealth. You're going to have health. Lies. You're going to have the ability to bear it better. Because Jesus is on your side, but Jesus still comes out of the tomb and he shows himself to the people and he still had the scars on his hand. He, he still had all those testimonies to say, but today I'm going to look back at those corpses and I'm not going to look at it with disdain. I'm not going to look at it with shame. I'm going to bring it out and say, I was once that, that was the old me, but today I am new, I am set free because of Jesus. You would have a new testimony to say. I had a friend growing up, and when, when I, get, I got to be baptized, I know that we had been to the same youth meeting together. We had accepted Christ together, and my next step was to be baptized, and I still remember this, this young man. He said, man, I'm, I'm not ready to get baptized. And I said, why not? And he said, man, I, I just have so much stuff that I need to deal with. I just have, I don't think I'm going to be perfect. Like, I didn't have the right words to tell him at that point in time, and I wish I did. But today, if I was to meet him one more time, I would look at him and say, Alok, today I want to let you know, bro, that you don't have to be perfect. Come on, somebody. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be sinless. It's actually quite the opposite. You, you can come to Jesus as you are. Sins and everything. Your inner workings and everything. Struggles and everything. And say, Jesus, I need to completely let go. Like there's no point coming to Jesus after you get rid of. You're never going to come to that point. Because if we were to get baptized after you got rid of all your sins, none of us would be baptized. We're going to make mistakes. Even Paul says that. The, the, the theologian himself, he says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I shouldn't do, I do. Come on, am I talking to somebody? He, said, he struggles with that. We, we might make mistakes, but we aren't defined by those mistakes. I want to close with this. Philippians 2 in verse 12 to 13. The Bible says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's saying, you don't need to have it together. We work this out together, y'all. What I'm doing today is just saying yes to Jesus. It's saying yes, I, am I have access to that grave. I have access. The dirt has been dug up. And all I got to do is bring my baggage, bring my corpses, bring every shame and surrender it at the cross of Christ and let it be buried. That's all saying yes to Jesus. 
I don't know who needs a fresh start today. I don't. Who's getting baptized today? Can I see your hands? There's Billy that's getting baptized today. There's Alyssa that's getting baptized. Ali is getting baptized. Ron is getting baptized. There are a few of you all outside or walking around right now. We need to get them all inside. Mark is getting baptized. We have a bunch of people that are getting baptized today. Come on, let's celebrate them, y'all. Come on. Let's celebrate them today. These guys are making one of the, they're making one of the best decisions that they will ever make. And you might be here today like the Ethiopian man and say, Pastor, I just heard something that I've never heard before. Or you may be like, like, like Alyssa today and you're going to hear a testimony in just a few minutes. Or you may be like one of the others that probably got baptized when you were 11 or 10 or maybe even another time and you just didn't know why you were doing it. There were people that just got baptized because everybody else was doing it around them. There are so many reasons to get baptized. Don't get it. Don't, don't get baptized because of the spiritual. There are so many people that does that, that hype. And then the Holy Spirit reveals to you and says, this is the truth. Like some of you all sat where you are today and you're like, man, is that why I get baptized? Some of you all got baptized for the wrong reasons. I won't re-baptize everybody, but if somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor, you know what? The first time I got baptized, I had no clue why I was getting baptized. Like literally. I baptized somebody that, was, that, that got baptized when they were two years old, and they said, Pastor, you know, I got baptized when I was a kid, and, you know, we came late to the faith. They came from the Hindu faith, and they got, they got joined to a church that they baptized the kid, and somebody else declared on his behalf and said, I believe for the son, to, 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 for him to, you know, receive Jesus. And he said, I didn't make that decision myself. And I said, see, that's why we call it believer's baptism. Yeah, the Bible says the apostles went and baptized people and their families, but I don't think they would have ever baptized a child who was not able to say, I believe in Jesus Christ himself or herself. And today we're baptizing people that are able to make that decision for themselves and say, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. Come on, somebody. He took my corpses. He took my pain. He took my skeletons. And he opened up the grave. And he buried it. Because he is, he, he, he took it. I'm, I am free. And they're making that decision themselves. That's what's going to make this different. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.